1: My hair, bitter sweet smoke flying through the air. It's the way I feel,
2: smoking
0: on All right, everybody, hello. It's time for not just blowing smoke. Coming at you live from Twin Smoke Shop Studio Headquarters in Hooksett, New Hampshire. Be sure to subscribe to us right here on Facebook or YouTube if you're watching us live. If you are listening to the show on Podbean, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, iTunes, Google, or wherever you get your podcast from, be sure to subscribe to us there. Welcome, everybody. I'm Pastor Padron, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Paul and Pat. And uh Daved and Confused here and tonight we welcome back our old friend, Stevon yeah. Poirier. Are you trying to say I'm old? Poirier. 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 The op- Poirier. the office just calls me Frenchy. Yes, And he is the Northeast Territory Manager for McAllop Cigars. Macallup and Mac- we are glad Mac- to have Mac- you Mac- back Mac- on the show. It's glad to be back. It's glad to be
2: back? It's, it's or good you're to, glad be to be back. back. It's I, good to be back? God only knows you what's, what's going talk? on. I don't know. Okay. We'll
0: see. we got an hour and a half to figure it out. Yes, we do. Perhaps a little bit less, depending on how this goes. Uh, Steve, Uh-oh. we are starting off smoking, uh, of course, McAuliffe cigars. Why would we have Steve from McAuliffe on if we were not smoking McAuliffe cigars? And we have two McAuliffe cigars that we are smoking tonight. One of these is an original release Connecticut Robusto, the other is a current release Connecticut Robusto. And when Steve is on, he loves to talk about aging tobacco and how that um, changes the impact of the tobacco on the palate. And, uh, and this, how old exactly is this original release cigar?
3: Roughly late 2016, early 2017. Okay. Give so or take. I don't have an exact
0: date, but that's roughly where it's. Four ish, five ish years? Yeah. Right okay. There. Okay. And this just came out this year?
3: This was this most recent production, so this it was probably in the last shipment from you okay. know, a couple months ago. All right.
0: So let's, let's let's make it easy. Five year difference between between the cigars, plus or minus a couple of months. Okay. So what can you tell us about? Have they changed the blend at all in that time?
3: The blend should be identical. Obviously, year to year, it's going to change a little bit just based on crop <coughs> yield and all that type of stuff. Right. Um, but the blend should be identical for both. And I'm doing something that I should have done before I even started. That's well, an Ecuadorian and Connecticut wrapper. Yes, and an Ecuadorian then Connecticut. Nicaraguan
0: Habano binder. Oh, you
3: have all the information in front of
0: you. <coughs> and Nicaraguan and Dominican tobacco.
3: My boss may want to hire you later. You never know.
0: Andy, if you're listening, I'm here. <laughs> And uh, the Robusto is a 5x52. Great, great size for a Robusto. I I like the little extra bump there, Mm -hmm. the two extra points. And um, uh, so, so far, very, very, you know, smooth, very creamy. There's a little bit of mustiness, which you can pick up with the age. Um, We're going to be smoking the original release and the current release Back-to-back. Back. Well, no, not back-to-back. Side-by-side. Side side. Side. So this is going to be really interesting. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to smoke this for about an inch before I light up the other one. That's about right. That's um, because I, wanna, I really want to get to know the, the nuances of the aged cigar first before I smoke the uh, current one. Paul, what are you picking up right
1: now? So I do get a lot of that uh, earthy, very smooth, creamy notes. Uh, the retrohale is very smooth. It's very mm. deep but smooth. Um, deep, deep and smooth. Yes, yeah, mm. deep and smooth. Deep and smooth. Uh, so far, so good. And well, I'll let him tell you what we're going to be pairing. I might not appreciate it as much as you guys, but Steve, you the, can, this you... Steve,
3: is, the, what are we pairing? This pairing that? is going to be a crapshoot <laughs> because we have we have an advanced som <laughs> on our team. Uh, we have a lot of people that like consuming um, a healthy amount of alcohol. Um, And we've been uh, swinging and missing on all of our pairings all month. This is actually the month of the McAuliffe, Connecticut on the McAuliffe Ambassadors (laughs) Group. Um, And we have yet to really find a pairing that sticks. And that's really, really nice with the cigar. Again, they're not smoking five-year-old examples, which this, it's a night and day Mm -hmm. difference between current production, um, just with that extra age. We're going to try two different things. Okay. If one doesn't work, we'll move on from it. But... To start off, we're going to do Milagro Represado tequila. Um, arguably one of my favorite sipping tequilas under about $30 a bottle, um, which normally under 30 bucks you can't get uh, anything decent uh, with <laughs> nearly any type of alcohol at this point anymore. Even bourbon, you're, it's starting to get up there in price. Um, but I have a feeling this might actually work with the older example. The newer example might appreciate the. All right, let's Just try
0: it. one. Let's try it here. Sipping tequila. Okay. All right.
1: So you know that I'm not a tequila fan.
0: Yeah, Paul. Paul has tequila. been so
1: logged. <laughs> okay, and and all due respect to Steve, because when he told us what we were going to have, I was already my stomach had already started to go into overdrive. <laughs> uh, however, right. however, I think I've grown a little since. Doing yes. the podcast and yes. my palate is allowing me to mm. do things that I didn't think it would be able to do. <laughs> wow! All right. And this—I I, got to say, this is actually. <laughs> she said, "Thank you, David. Uh, <laughs> this is actually, I think, one of them because even though I'm not really getting uh, excited about this on its own, it is bringing out to me with the cigar a little bit more sweetness out of the cigar. Yep. So I think it, it is. It to me, it's it's it is." An okay pairing so far. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, expecting this to be a D uh, or uh, D minus. Uh, I'm giving it a C. I'm trying not to right remember now. what three years ago did the uh, tequila <laughs> did to me, but um, so far, Meh. so good.
3: I'm sure it's done similar things to me in the past, so oh yeah, I feel for you. We I don't know what it road.
1: is about
0: tequila. Tequila and people—it's either a love or hate relationship, it seems. <laughs> yes. yes. Steve, <laughs> can you put your mic up? I can do that. Can you hear me now? Now that's better. Good. Pat, what what do you think of the the cigar, right now? And
4: so the cigar on its own. Yeah. It's it has an it's, it's um low to medium body. It has a nice like cedar spicy note to it. A little bit mm-hmm. of an earthy undertone. And then through the finishes where the age kind of kicks in, I'm getting like a nice cedar and kind of like this musty type flavor musty to cream, it. Musty cream maybe. Yep. And then the it's creamy textured, if I didn't mention that yet. Yeah. And then the – I'm not a huge tequila guy either. And the tequila for me is enhancing the palate by giving me kind of like a nice, sweet kind of cream flavor. And then I think it's hitting the finish a little bit because like that aged tobacco, I don't think is really being able to shine as much with that tequila. It kind of leaves like this kind of – I don't want to say like an acidic base for the finish, but it kind of has like this more of a, a bitter – finish to it and it's kind of combating that
3: mustiness and it's giving me more of like a smoky flavor okay with this tequila let it kind of wash your palate a little bit give it a little bit of time to get the heat off your palate and then take a sip of the cigar and you'll notice it balance a little bit better because there's a decent amount of alcohol content in this um and it is a little hot um with it fading a little bit more, I get like a little <laughs> bit of nuttiness to that cigar. The sweetness is obviously My there.
2: Jesus,
3: <laughs> <laughs> Andy says he is indeed watching. Awesome. As is good probably Andy. 90% of the McAuliffe teams. I'm team, glad
0: so. you're watching, Andy.
5: Oh, yeah, I you You need to see this. It came up right, right there. And it's it right
0: up. there. So, Dave, what do you think about the uh, cigar?
5: Um, I think it's going...
0: I think it's good? I
5: think it's going remarkably well with tequila. The tequila? Yeah.
0: yeah. What do you think of the um, tequila?
5: I think it's good tequila. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> my palate's kind of burnt right now. I'm trying to get... How, to ma- How many
3: cigars are you down today?
5: Uh, four, maybe? Okay. Four. Okay.
0: How many cigars have you had today? This is my first. This is your first. This is my first. See, this is why we like having Steve on the show, because he has this super sensitive... Palette, it's like really, it, it's like the Princess P of palettes. <laughs> and so, when he knows he's going to be on the podcast, he doesn't smoke anything for like 24 hours so that he can totally taste what's uh, coming off on the cigar. And that's really cool. I mean, who else does that? I don't do that for my own podcast. I was smoking. Some nerds. I was smoking I three or four cigars and four bowls of piped tobacco before the show.
3: Mm-hmm. I mean, realistically, when you're smoking something this mild, mm-hmm. like back in the day when we did the double a Harrow chisel Maduro, yep, yep. you could smoke. Damn near anything.
0: Yeah, and you'd still wouldn't. And you'd be, be able to taste that no problem.
3: Yep. Double Harrow Chisel was my end of the night IPCPR mm. cigar because I needed to be able to taste something after smoking 10 or 11 cigars in a day. <laughs> so this is a little bit more, uh, significantly more mellow.
0: Now, that brings up a great point. The last three or four times you've been on the show, and you've been on the show a number of times. Um, you were with LaFleur Dominicana. Now you're obviously with McAuliffe. Yes. Can you talk a little bit about that transition, how it happened, why it happened? Sure. You know, why – is it good? Is it bad? Are you happy? Are you – you know, is Andy happy? Maybe he's having some buyer's remorse. I don't know. He'll
3: probably text me (laughs) if he's unhappy, or I might just get a text (laughs) saying I'm fired by the end of the night from Dan. I don't know. That's probably Uh, true but uh covid happened basically COVID. um lfd at the beginning of covid um ended up basically taking stock and looking at upcoming what the year to hold is going to be and realistically everybody at the beginning of covid cigar companies cigar manufacturers cigar shops we're all thinking it's doomsday. Mm -hmm. Um, The industry is going to tank just like every other industry. The whole world is going to shut down. Um, And LFD made a decision to let about half the sales team go. Mm -hmm. Um, Realistically, um, I understand it from a business standpoint. I've actually talked to John Carty since then. yep, uh, Multiple times, actually. I understand it from a business decision. Sure. I I wasn't exactly happy of how it was handled, but no. again, it was a business decision. It's something that they looked at it and said, we have to be careful with this one. So sure. they did. Um, from that point on, uh, I had a nice little vacation. I grew a garden. <laughs> um, I grew
0: garden. Drank a garden. What kind of, of things did a lot you grow bourbon. in your garden?
3: Um, tomatoes, hot peppers, uh, corn. What kind of hot peppers? Oh, Jesus. Hot uh, peppers, Habaneros, scorpion are... chilies. Scorpion chilies. I did some crazy, crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, jalapenos, some of the I, – I honestly don't even remember what the name of it is, but it looks like a little um, Christmas light, the colored Christmas lights. Okay. They're like a really tiny – Christmas
0: light pepper?
3: Yeah, it's, it's a weird one. I don't remember what it was. Um, serranos, all sorts of stuff, none of which I got to use because uh, by the time – if anybody remembered in the Northeast last year, it was a very dry uh, summer. Um, And I wasn't keeping up on the watering, Mm -hmm. and by the time, about mm, July, when it got really, really hot, I ended up going to work as the GM for a cigar shop down in Connecticut, where I live, um, and had absolutely no time to pay attention to my garden. (laughs) Um, My garden became overgrown. Uh, Everything kind of uh, had some issues, so my yield was probably about 2% from everything that I grew, um yeah that so was a mess
0: whereabouts in connecticut are you uh hanging
3: so i live in woodstock connecticut it is
0: woodstock connecticut yep, why it, am i not surprised
3: it is the middle of nowhere it's the yes it it's sounds farmland like it. farmland it's quiet mm-hmm. it's also dead right in the middle of my territory okay which is
0: perfect now, do you have an apartment there, a house there? I have you a house live... there. Live you...
3: corner lot on a lake, really nice view, great place to sit on the deck, smoke a cigar at the end of the night.
0: Are you by yourself? Is there anyone else? there? No, my
3: girlfriend lives with me. <laughs> uh, so I can't complain about life at all.
0: No, no, you can't complain. But not if you want it... to go back home. I Do I, do <laughs> I want to do that? Oh, that's, you that's mean totally home Connecticut, to... not yes. home Massachusetts. Yeah. Correct.
3: No, no, too old for home home. Mm -hmm. no no.
2: no. did
0: you grow up in Massachusetts I grew up in Massachusetts whereabouts Lemonster Mass Lemonster Mass Lemonster Mass I grew up in Stoneham Mass that isn't anywhere near Lemonster
3: that's a solid hour hour and 15 away
0: yep yep
3: but going back on topic where I haven't happened to go on tangents very often um, Andy the national sales manager Andy Yaffe the national sales manager of McAuliffe Cigars Andy Yaffe who's uh, watching who um, (laughs) I actually worked with at LFD. He was really? the Texas rep when I first started with LFD. Texas. Um, called me up at the end of December and said, hey, do you want to get back in the game? And at that point, I said, yeah, sure. Send me your cigars because I can't find them anywhere in the Northeast. Um, <laughs> so I smoked them. Um, on my third cigar, I think it was my second day, um, smoking the cigars. Because uh, you cigars, only smoked one cigar a day. Probably. Yeah. More likely than not. Oh. Um, I smoked what uh, is now one of my go to McAuliffe cigars, the Riata. Nice, mild cigar. Mm-hmm. Milder than the Connecticut. Really? Very floral. Really, really tasty cigar. Comes in a Churchill and a Torpedo. So, you know, the number two and the number three worst selling sizes mm-hmm. on the planet. Um, <laughs> and oddly enough, now it is the, uh, I think I'm the number one territory in sales for that specific blend. Really? In the country. Mm-hmm. because i love it so much and mm-hmm. you know me professing my love gets people excited about it and then they start smoking it and
0: realize it's a great cigar when steve professes his love oh it's dangerous mm. people can't stay away paul you seem to be really engaged either in your cigar or in some kind of serious mental contemplation i, I smell smoke i'm <laughs> I'm realizing Something's I'm actually
1: turning. retrohaling this cigar more than probably any other cigar I have in a long time. And I think the reason why is, <laughs> I'm going to say this, can't believe I'm saying this, the tequila is has changed the complexity of the retrohale. It instead of just a nice, solid, as I said before, deep spice, it's actually it, it helped to oh, bring wow. out a lot more of the a spicy, earthy, Wow! Sweet woody notes. That's yeah. You are totally right. And it's it's intoxicating. It really is. I think that. And, <laughs> again, again, it's intoxicating in more ways than one. My fear <laughs> of this. Do you has, need the has, bottle has, down has, again. has rewarded me. <laughs> so
3: every once in a while, I can throw together a pairing. Jared has me beat most of the time, mm-hmm. which that's our Midwest rep. He's an okay. advanced level sommelier. Um He worked for Hyatt before he got into the scar industry this guy me and him go back and forth on pairings, and you yeah. know he occasionally i mean like once in a blue moon calls me up and says hey i 'm stuck. What should I do with this but he'll he 'll nail, nail a pairing nine times out of ten with mm-hmm. his eyes closed mm. uh me unless i 've had experience with it, and actually I sit down. Case in point, I don't smoke before I go on a podcast like this to try and taste an aged cigar. I need to sit down and actually think and try, which gets very expensive. Yeah. (laughs) Um, My girlfriend knows all about what is currently stashed in my basement, and Mm -hmm. it's enough alcohol to probably kill me 17 times over over the next 10 years. So, um,
0: I think we should all go over to Steve's.
3: We'll have a hell of a party this summer.
1: I'll say. Throw Paul uh, in the
3: lake. <laughs> Throw Paul in
0: the lake.
1: <laughs> that won't be a problem.
2: Pat,
0: <laughs> Pat, what do you, do you agree with Paul that, that the tequila brings out a, a really nice, earthier, deeper, spicier retrohale?
3: Yeah,
4: it's definitely giving the cigar more body, even with the mm. five years' age on it. Mm. So I think what Paul – my summary of it is like that smoky note I was referring to. So mm-hmm. You kind of put like the spice, the earth, and like the cedar notes in there, and I think it's definitely doing well. Yeah, one hundred percent. It's um, I'm actually doing both cigars, so I don't know if you want to you to know, start on that. Since well, I haven't, I haven't lit, lit. I
0: haven't lit up the other one yet. I, I think we should talk about that in just a second. Okay, all right. But um, hold off. do you want to while while we're lighting up or, yeah, Paul hasn't, Dave hasn't, I haven't. You're the only one. Why does it not surprise me, Pat, who, who has smoked both cigars Didn't at once? did
3: Nick do the same thing on the last show?
0: Yeah, he probably did. So that's the new Nick. He, yeah.
4: He'd be on a second Robusto by now. Yeah. That's also true. Yeah.
0: Nick would be saying, this is a cigar that's constantly in my rotation. I've smoked it like 18,000 times. It's really, really good. And I always recommend McAuliffe to anybody who comes in the store. Am I right? Yeah, I'm right. Okay, so while we're lighting it up, I know the McAuliffe cigars, you know, how they came about that has a really great backstory to yes. it. While we're lighting up and kind of uh, um, figuring out the difference between these cigars, you want to talk about the backstory there?
3: So you'll see it pop up here eventually. That's twins. Yes, the McAuliffe uh, <laughs> box will show up eventually. Yes, it will. You'll see the family, the McAuliffe family crest, and you'll also see manufactured by Gomez Sanchez family, 1934 at the bottom of it. Um, the Gomez Sanchez family is our partner that runs our facilities in Esteli. Um, we have our own factory down there. Um, the backstory behind it is Al McAuliffe, the namesake of McAuliffe Cigars, um, ran into Abdel and Joel um, down in Texas. Al's from Texas. The company's based in Texas. Mm-hmm. Factories in Esteli. Texas. Texas. Um, ran into them at a rolling tour that they were doing. Their bus broke down in front of one of Al's major hangouts in Fort Worth, Texas, okay. um, Silverleaf, right in downtown, right in the arts district, gorgeous, gorgeous bar. Um, and they walked in and talked to the owner and said, hey, uh, our bus just broke down. Do you mind if we roll and sell cigars for the weekend so we can pay to fix our bus? Mm-hmm. And the owner said, sure. Um, I apologize to the owner of Silverleaf and the manager of Silverleaf. I can't remember his name. Andy, please throw that in there. Or Dan. I know Dan is on listener as well. Um, not Dan, but Dan. Yes, yes. Dan, I figured it Dan, we were man. not talking to me. Yes. yes. Um, so Al regularly makes an appearance at Silverleaf. He smoked a lot of their fresh rolls. Uh, and by the end of it, he said, hey, can you guys make me a 1,000 cigars and ship them to me when they're ready? Um, Al, his only requirements basically were, I want the best tobacco you have available. Um, I don't care what the price is. Al is rather wealthy, so you know, finances don't necessarily matter to him when it comes to cigars. If he's going to enjoy them, he's going to spend whatever it takes. Um, so about six months later, the cigars arrive to Texas, to Al's house. Mm-hmm. He smokes them or if not all, 1,000, he probably smokes a handful of them and reaches out to them again and says, hey, you guys really don't have a lot of exposure in the U.S. Um, I've been building companies since, I, I'm assuming, his mid-20s, early 20s. Okay. Um, all across the United States, understands distribution, understands everything to do with getting companies rolling. Um, how about I bankroll you, I'll buy you a factory, set you up with tobacco, <laughs> I'll do whatever you need. Let uh, me buy you a salary. factory. Um, and I'll take care of all the U.S. operations. That's basically how McAuliffe Cigars was founded. And the cigar that was delivered to Al that effectively brokered the deal was the Reserva. Uh Now, as the McAuliffe ambassadors know, which we probably have a handful of them watching now, um, it's a rather expensive cigar. It retails for about $43 a stick. Wow. It's a Churchill. We also make it in a Toro that's about $37. Um, The Churchill was first. I think Al still has a few of those Churchills uh hidden away in our humidors at the office. I'm hoping to maybe get my hands on one. Um wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Um wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Because I would love to be able to taste something with that much age on it, especially the reserve such a revered cigar in our portfolio. Mm. Um but slowly but surely McAuliffe, you know, started up, started getting brought across the US. Um the first two years were a little rough. Mm-hmm. Um we had some not so great decision makers in place and okay. you know things kinda went a little sideways. Um and about two years ago now the company's been around for about five, six years. Uh about two years ago, um it's not long at all. No. Uh very, very new company, especially coming from a company that was started in nineteen ninety four. Right. Um we brought, or I should say, Al brought in um, Dan Thompson, who's now the president of the company. Mm-hmm. Um, Dan is a 20 year vet from Microsoft. The mm. guy knows business. Mm. Um, he knows nearly... <laughs> I, I want I honestly want to spend a week with him just sitting and listening and shadowing him because my business acumen would go from almost nothing to above the roof. Um, the guy's incredibly intelligent. Um, and he brought on Andy Yaffe, my mm-hmm. former co-worker at LFD, mm-hmm. um, as the director of sales. Okay. And Andy, over the past year and a half, has been cultivating and getting a sales team together, which um, we had our best year on record, the most growth we've ever seen in a year in the history of McAuliffe Cigars. Um, we have a hell of a team, and we're kicking ass.
0: That's awesome.
3: And I'm lucky to be part of it. So to you know, cut the long story that turned into a longer story short, I'm very happy where I am.
0: Do you prefer McAuliffe cigars or LFT cigar? Smoking them? Yeah.
3: Is it more as, of your palate? As you know, I smoke everything
0: under the sun, literally, kind of like Nick.
3: Literally, every oh, well, Nick is a powerhouse smoker, he likes the in your face.
0: Well, Nick smokes everything, but he smokes everything in about 10 minutes, <laughs> yeah.
3: So, you know, an NAS lasts him two and a half minutes, yeah, and it hits him in the head with a sledgehammer. Oh. yeah, it's gone, just one sip, and you're done.
0: Give me a handle, Bacardi.
2: Cool, there...
3: honestly, there's a few LFDs <laughs> right, now that it's stick time with for me. My workout. <laughs> <laughs> There's a few LFDs that stick with me that I still smoke to this day. (laughs) The vast majority of the portfolio, McAuliffe, is a little bit more my palate. It sits more in the medium range. It doesn't go super, super full. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, I I smoke everything. Everything, I have tons of brands that I love going back to, and my wallet shows it because I, you know, spend too much money on cigars. Yes. Um, I hope my girlfriend's not uh, watching it this time. But then again, if we walk into the spare room, you see... um, I don't know, probably a couple hundred boxes of cigars kicking around.
0: A couple hundred boxes of cigars?
3: I've been in the industry for a while, so I... Have, I, I know that. Know, I, I accumulate things.
0: Yes, and you let things sit. I do. Because you the, like you age, like to age things.
3: Aging is the best part of smoking a cigar.
5: Yeah.
0: Now, now that we've lit up the aged cigar, which is about five years old, and the new one, um, what are we picking up on the new one, Paul?
1: So right away the new one is is still a very uh earthy not as not as sweet not as creamy um but is thoroughly enjoyable however the retrohale even with uh a coating of the tequila on my palate um is bringing out a little bit more of a sharper white pepper note um so with the aged one was a complexity of smooth spice you know that woody earthy tones um I'm not picking up any of the uh, wood notes uh, or any sweetness out of the retroheel. Mm-hmm. just more of a an earthy white pepper spice. Uh, Pat, what about you?
4: So on the new one, mm-hmm. I think it's more palate-forward than the old one, obviously. So it has, to me, it has more of a thicker, creamy texture and flavor to it on the palate. And then through the finish, I'm getting a citrus note opposed to you know the musty tobacco and the like, mm. cedar note so it's more of a earthy citrusy finish opposed to the old one and it's interesting because i think if you're a new smoker you, you're someone that doesn't really know how to smoke not smoke <laughs> if you're someone that doesn't really know Put how it to <laughs> suck like guys like, we said a couple weeks ago be patient and, and work with the cigar i think mm-hmm. the the newer one would be more up their alley like, i think the flavors are more like robust on the palette and then the finish is kind of diminished to co- uh, opposed to the the old one but then on the aged one if you really sit and think about it you're getting a lot of unique more refined flavors you're getting a lot of nuance, always, yeah, yeah yep so it's really interesting i mean it ages very well Mm -hmm. very well yeah and i mean i would agree with that it's a good cigar regardless but i think when you age like this is the first connecticut i've had that's been aged more than you know a year or two so it's pretty unique to me that it really changed that medium bodied profile and you kind of get more flavor out of the finish Mm. opposed to like what i usually have and you know on connecticut it's typically you know the creamy texture and it's smooth you know but this is definitely bringing out a lot more complexity.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: So a couple of years ago, I concur. <laughs> we were talking about aging, you know, full-bodied cigars, mm-hmm. and the question was asked. I don't remember if it was Nick or Paul or whoever it was asked about aging Connecticut's and something right. milder. Mm-hmm. And I kind of skewed this one a little bit because I wouldn't consider our Connecticut mild. Like, fresh, there's a lot more kind of earthy notes to it. Yeah, creaminess isn't quite as pronounced. It's More not, woody notes. Yeah, it's got more oomph to it. Um, whereas if you go up against, let's say, an Ashton Connecticut, which is nice and mild. I've smoked old Ashtons. They smoke amazing. Um, or if you go to a more mild Connecticut, <laughs> um, it <laughs> won't necessarily have as much to it. Mm-hmm as you put more age on it and realistically this box was not in the prime aging conditions that i normally like it was kept open
0: where'd you find that box
3: uh, a shop in new york that i had no idea was an old account this is a perfect example of our previous leadership
0: team um <laughs> we really new york where the taxes is 75 percent. the yeah. box just tended to sit there yeah we don't know why yeah <laughs> maybe yeah, it's because we're... they were trying to sell it for 18 bucks a stick
3: this is true. This is very true. Mm. But it was an open box. I usually prefer sealed boxes because it decreases mm-hmm. the amount of air change on the cigars, so it ages a little bit slower. Um, but as soon as I smoked the cigar, it was about three quarters full. Mm-hmm. I saw it on the shelf and said to the owner, when did you get this and where did you get it from? It's like, oh, I don't even remember who the rep was back then. Wow. This was so long ago. I'm like, I need to buy this. Because I knew I was going to do something like this with it, yep. or or just you know be selfish and smoke them all myself. Right. Um, yes. But I prefer sharing it with um, friends that will actually enjoy things like this, as opposed to me just you know bogarting everything.
2: Uh-huh.
3: What well, there's a lot more. There's almost a slight bitterness, and it's not your traditional Connecticut bitterness. It's almost like a. I don't want to say dark cocoa, but it's it it's something like that. It has that like tannic bitterness yeah. on the tobacco. I was gonna on say fresh... it's kind of like the an new espresso one, right? type yeah. bitterness to it. yeah Which on a Connecticut, that's like a weird combination. It's very unique. You know, yeah. It's usually mm-hmm. cedary, creamy. <clears throat> yep. Um, and this really shows. You take a little bit more oomphy, Maybe you know your average Connecticut's a three. This is maybe like a four, out of the you know strength range. You take a little bit more oomphy Connecticut, put some age on it, it's going to smoke amazing. And I would honestly like to, this was originally going to be an aging box where I sit on for many, many years. It'll just have to be the one on the next shipment that I sit on for another many, many many, years years, um, and forget about it at the bottom of one of my coolers.
1: What is, what's the uh, fillers, again, on this cigar? The, Dominican, the fillers are Dominican and Nicaraguan. Yes. Now, do you know specifically, Steve, what they use in the fillers? for? I
3: do not, and I don't think that information will ever be released due to a, a three-letter acronym of a federal government agency that is uh, causing trouble with the okay. um, cigar industry.
1: Because there are certain Connecticut cigars that we've had in the past that have had to give a little bit more oomph, have put a little bit of Lajero in there to give it a little bit more body. That's what I
4: was thinking when I lit it up. And y'all. so
1: immediately I'm thinking the same thing too, Pat, that, that again, this is just a, a wild guess, but maybe they did put a little bit of laharo to give it that, that more body.
3: It wouldn't surprise me it would probably be on the milder scale of Lajaro yeah. if anything. Yeah. It's nothing super, super powerful that blows
4: no. your palate out. No. Not at all. Just to
1: give it a little bit more body and a little bit more of that pepper note that I'm getting on yeah. the retro ale. Form. And then
4: going into the second third of the old cigar, I think that Dominican tobacco is kind of shining just because, yeah. like, since that... Because I think typically when you smoke cigars, like, stereotypically, Nicaraguan tobacco, I think, overshadows a lot of the other filler just because it's more of a more richer, darker type varietal, but then with the age, that Nicaraguan tobacco has kind of been settled, and then that Dominican tobacco is kind of kicking, and I'm kind of getting that. You're going to hate me to say it, but on the second, third, I'm getting, like, <laughs> nutmeg, like your baking spice flavors to it, which oh is nowhere gosh. in the new cigar.
3: I'm only getting that in the old one. I get it. So, smoking this on a regular basis, that's there. Get into it a little bit more, get a little bit more, you know, maybe another half hour into the cigar. Um, you'll notice that baking spice is there. Nutmeg is usually really prevalent. There's usually a hint of clove kicking around every puff or so. Obviously, it's not in the cigar. I just, am getting
0: nutmeg in, in the new one here. Yeah, yeah. It,
3: it still has that baking spice note, which, you know, it's it's occasionally in cigars.
0: That's Pat's favorite word.
5: Yep. He must be, are you a
3: wine guy, too? Because baking spices is, you know, a major sign of oak and... Yeah, all that type of French oak goodness yep. that Napa overuses. Um, did I say that out loud?
1: What? Ah. Uh-huh. You're a wine guy.
3: I like wine. Yeah, hmm. I choose you my go-to. Are you a wine guy? I am very, Wrong guy. very, very much a wine guy.
0: Very much a wine guy. Yeah, it's a problem. Now, here, here's the thing. Why did you choose tequila to go with this?
3: So that's all they had. <laughs> I actually ripped off a pairing, not the exact tequila. This just happens to be one of my go-to's. Um, we did a Friday show on the McAuliffe Ambassador Group, which we do pairings on most Friday shows. Um, they did a pairing at Ame Cigars in Weatherford, Texas. I you could almost throw a football from our uh, office mm-hmm. and hit their shop, and they had a tequila on there. Okay, and out of all of the liquors that they had it seemed to work the best hmm. and realistically i think that little bit of agave kind of citrusy note mm-hmm. would complement pretty well a blanco would obviously be a little bit more agave forward yeah the reposado this is a nice sipping tequila on a budget mm-hmm. um it's not your herd it's not going crazy where you're spending fifty hundred dollars a bottle um but it's very approachable and realistically anyone can grab this on the shelf it damn near any liquor store across the country. Sure. Um and do exactly what we're doing today. Mm-hmm. The second pairing might be a little bit more difficult.
0: Now, Paul, having spent about 30 minutes with the tequila and both of these cigars.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Are you more comfortable with the tequila pairing with than this than you were when you started? With
1: this, yes. Mm-hmm. With this with the with well, both cigars, but specifically the aged one. Mm. So, if if I, if I bought- why do you
0: think it helps the aged one better?
1: Well, first of all, I think the aging has, you know, mellowed out some of the tobacco, and I think it's pairing much better with it. It's bringing out again, the the complexity of that retrohale for me, which again I can't stop uh, doing, and it's. It's making it's making the pairing to me a lot more enjoyable. I can't stop. I, I, I no. <laughs> can't stop, Nicole. I can't stop. <laughs> I, 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 I don't think I can have this on its own though. I really don't. I think it's just uh, yeah. It, but it's, with it's, the cigar, it's, 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 good. it's enhancing the cigar. Oh yes, Yeah, absolutely.
0: See, that's that's one of the great things about pairings is that here's a drink that Paul would not normally enjoy. On its own,
1: you probably yeah. run but away. You from pair the it, aisle the but if you pair it, it even go if down you the pair aisle.
0: it with the right kind of cigar, it works. you know it. He'll, you know it, because it enhances the cigar. All of a sudden, that thing that you wouldn't normally do becomes something very enjoyable. And I, I love that. I, I love that about you know. That's one of my favorite things about doing pairings with both the cigars and the pipe tobacco. Is that you get to you get to figure that out. I mean, tequila has never been one of my go to. Spirits, but yeah. you know I mean, you're it, cheat it's I need it to has been sports. it has you know a number of times we've had this with um uh, cigars and or pipe tobacco and it's been really really good.
2: Yeah. So I'm, you're I'm having cheating. now? What
0: are you? You're cheating. So you now you're gonna have to. Tell us what you're cheating with, because...
3: So I think I should give everybody a little pour. Has everybody got a clean whiskey glass?
0: Mm. No, o- sort of. Or yeah. should
3: we use the tequila glasses? Yeah. Just, I'll do a little splash. We're going backwards here. Do a little splash, swirl it, sip okay. it down, just to clean the glass out a little bit.
0: Yeah. Okay.
3: I am really dangerous doing this over a computer. Yes. So just give it a swirl. Don't do it for the taste, because you're still going to get tequila. And then just shoot it. To shoot it down. And then we'll do a repo. pour hmm. <laughs> Ideally, this is gonna work better with the pipe tobacco. Yes. But I,
0: I think, think this it will may work actually work with the pipe tobacco.
3: With the cigar quite nicely. This uh, that, uh, yes, there. Okay. It got confusing for a second. I don't have many brain cells left, right, so. There you go
0: don't have many brain cells left.
3: My girlfriend will agree with me. (laughs)
0: Oh my gosh.
3: I'm sure she's on there commenting away and Dan
5: is commenting also. She said yes she's still watching. (laughs) Mm.
3: So this is a dessert wine from Hungary. Mm. It's called Royal Takai Late Harvest. So a late harvest wine generally is something that it's Self-explanatory, it's a late harvest. So it sits okay. on the vine. Yes. <laughs> it sits on the vine a little bit longer. The grapes start to kind of shrivel because you usually get a couple frosts in there. They start mm-hmm. to shrivel and they lose a lot of their water content. And then they pick them, then they press them. So it's a very, very concentrated juice. When they press it, go through the fermentation process. And it usually ends up being a very, very sweet wine. Mm-hmm. Ice wine's very similar. Sauternes is very similar. Um, there's a lot of dessert wines out there. Uh, port is another one, but right. it would be a horrible pairing. I tried this already. Don't do port <laughs> with the cigar. It's bordering on disgusting. It doesn't work. Um,
0: can, I, can I cut in here? Of course. The, the construction on this, especially the new cigar here, is fantastic. Mm-hmm. The burn is perfect. I mean look at look at look at that. You know, and I'm looking and watching everybody's cigars. Everybody's cigars are burning great. Uh, they've got this great burn line on them. The ash is nice and tight. It's not flaky. And I know, you know, some of the, you know, the way ash performs is, you know, where it's from and what soil mm-hmm. it's from and all that stuff. But this is, you know, the construction on both of these is fantastic.
3: They got they really do a good job down in Nicaragua. Mm. I got to say. They're sticklers. We have our factory manager actually on the way from Texas to Nicaragua right now, Alan, who is the absolute godsend. If he wasn't around, the company probably wouldn't run Mm -hmm. properly. Um, He's on his way down to Nicaragua. He might be there today being a shipment just went out. Um, If anyone's interested on the McAuliffe Ambassador Group, if you're a member, running a contest, they just loaded up a box truck from the factory I think Amanda put up that contest uh, a couple hours ago and said, hey, guess how many cigars are in the shipment? And I don't know what we're giving away. It might be a gift card to your local McAuliffe retailer or something along those lines. I didn't read that much in depth into that post. But if you want to guess, throw it in there. Maybe you get uh, some free cigars from your local retailer. That
0: would be a bad thing.
1: So I noticed something.
0: You noticed something, Paul? What did you notice, Paul?
1: With the dessert wine. Yes. Mm-hmm. It flip flopped the cigar experience for me. Mm-hmm. So with the aged Connecticut, it now made that retrohale uh, more of a white pepper note right off the bat. Mm-hmm. In the current or the new, or the newer Connecticut, I should say, it smoothed out the retrohale.
2: Mm.
1: Yeah, which is which is kind of weird if you think about it. I mean, it actually raised the the uh the level of spice I'm getting out of the old one or the H one excuse me and lowered the uh the the spice tones on the newer Connecticut.
3: Ooh, I get it ramped up on the new Connecticut.
1: Ramped up the spice? It
3: almost goes black pepper.
1: Yeah, see I'm not getting I'm getting more of a smoother spice on the new and a amped yeah, up amped up version on the old.
3: Maybe my cigar's just getting hot.
0: Maybe. I don't know. A... Yeah. Which which do you like better? Do you like the dessert wine or the tequila better pairing?
1: Actually, I, I we go. <laughs> He's gonna say there it. There we go, <laughs> He's Paul. Say Admit it. Admit it. Admit it. I, I like the tequila better.
0: Dun, 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 dun.
5: I, dun, I I agree with you. I do. I mean,
1: there's there's, no, there's nothing wrong with this pairing. I think it's it's this is actually quite enjoyable, but it. I don't know. It, it I've I've lost the, some of the flavors from the cigar with the dessert wine, and except for that reversed pepper experience, uh, it kind of canceled out some of the some of the. Uh, you that, say
3: that just changed up for me. Now it's exactly where you're at. I don't yeah, know what yeah. just went on with my nose, but it's back to normal. I think maybe I don't know if it's abnormal or normal. <laughs> you never know.
0: <laughs> Smack it around a little bit. Oh, your palate's very touchy. It is yes <laughs> mm-hmm. um i want to mm-hmm. do a little uh pastor padrone's cigar confessions here
2: cigar confession.
0: you have a little thing for that dave yeah. yes i do you do wow. you here ready? we go ready? boom, boom. There, there, it there it goes cigar confessions and um you mm-hmm. know we can we can let you do a little cigar confession but i i, I really wanted to do something here myself good and uh it's more of a psa mm. than a confession public service but uh i think it's very needed and it is specific to twins Ooh. it is specific to twins Londonderry. Derry, Derry, london dairy Londonderry. Londonderry. and that is that um given that it is late fall nearing winter mm. we december Oh my! Can you believe December starts this coming
5: week? No, nope, I know it's. I mean, November was everything. 8,
0: everything is just flying by for yep. me this year. Yep, this but year it went
5: by so fast.
0: People, you know, but the weather has changed. We've already had it snow and hail Yay. a couple of times, and there hail. has been times where the snow has um, held on overnight. It's never stayed around very long. But up got... in Londonderry and mm-hmm. and uh, Hooks, it it's it's hung around a little bit. But um, this is that time of year where fall transitioning to winter happens. And there's always the people who just don't get the transition that once it gets too cold to sit in your garage or to sit out around a fire, the lounge and bar at Twins Londonderry is going to get full. Slammed. Quick. Quick. And so people are still coming in at 7.30, 8, 8.30 on a Thursday, Friday, or Saturday night. And they see the parking lot. is completely packed. And they're like, what's going on? It's never been like this. Yes, it's been like this every year for the last, you know, how many years But we've that's been okay. Here. They forgot
3: about it last year because last year didn't exist. Right. La- last year was the end of the world.
0: Uh, uh, maybe. People but, you know, it's... it's, short it's so, it, look... If you're going to come to Twins, Londonderry specifically, on a Thursday night there, or Friday night there, or Saturday, there, and you think you're going to get a seat for eight, you're going to get seats for a party of eight at like 7.30, you're on drugs. <laughs> it isn't going to happen. You need to get there earlier. The We're full up like around 3 o'clock in the afternoon right yes right pat yep. pat and i have been experiencing this and we have we had this past saturday was a great example we had people coming in at 8 8:30 i have a party of 4 i have a party of 5 and there's like two seats open up at the bar and they're like, they can't believe it they don't they they're they're almost offended don't be offended it's just Winter yeah. twins. This is this is how it goes. So if you want to be here with us, smoking and drinking at the Londonderry location on the weekend, mm-hmm. or even the back half of the <clears throat> week, get there early. And, you know, especially if your party's more than just one or two or three people. Um, but you might have to wait if you're two or three or four people and you get there at after six o'clock, on a Thursday, Friday, or Saturday, night. nobody wants to smoke outside.
3: That's if you can even get a spot in the parking lot.
0: Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's crazy. Yep. Three p.m. And so the
3: parking lots. Full. This
0: is that time of year where you have to adjust your schedule, and start thinking. Yeah. Twins can't be an afterthought. It has to be the pre-planned thing. Okay, work, work so that you, that you can get on We want you there. We want you, we want to you know have you enjoying the lounge and enjoying the bar and enjoying the people who are at the bar, but you need to get there earlier. It can't be an afterthought. And don't forget so, your
1: cutter and lighter.
0: And don't forget your cutter and lighter.
1: <laughs> Is there anything you want to add to that poll? Yes. Yes, uh, I knew there would be. To piggyback off what you just said, Dan, and remember last year when we were at 50% capacity, we mm-hmm. created a waiting list. So yes. when, cu- when the bar was at capacity back then, you know, people would have to put their names on it and they'd have to wait. And then when things allowed, they were allowed to go upstairs. But yes. This year, I, and I thought once we got full capacity, we would never see that list again. So <laughs> I work on Sundays, and when Danny works on Saturday nights with Pat, um, they are obviously dealing again with waiting list because it's getting to the point where there's too many people The bartenders can't keep up. So they just shut the lounge down until people leave. So coming on a Sunday <laughs> and seeing the waiting list with names on it, you know, <laughs> the first thing I see on the desk, it, well, it must've been a pretty busy night that night. So yeah, it, it's just, it's just a tribute to the fact that more and more people are coming out now. Um, probably than ever before. Um, and so, Yes, folks. You've got to plan ahead. You've got to be prepared to either get here early or you may have to wait.
3: Yep. And order the tequila.
0: <laughs> order. Little plug no. For her. No, order. Herder. Herder. Well, Herder. Paul's, Herder. Paul's pick of the week. Order the espresso martini. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. Can I have 12 espresso martinis, please? <laughs> well, yeah. You'll oh, get. Geez. You'll probably you you're trying what get. trying to a <bite>?
2: I can see Kendra now. <laughs> yeah,
0: that wouldn't uh, be uh, cool. She's huh? she's gonna beat me the next time she sees me. Yeah, if I mean, she ever listens to this podcast. If she doesn't, it won't happen.
1: But, or you know, or or order twelve espressos from the new machine. Ooh.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's coming. We have a new espresso machine that's coming. We're just deciding on uh, uh, coffee Uh-oh. for the grounds now, but it's a it's a legit. Uh-oh espresso machine it's italian machine yeah
3: so it's going to take twice as long and it's not so yep. I forget
1: it's and and, it's and and the, and the thing too is the bartenders cannot walk away from that once they start it yeah they because they, they, they control all the levers yep. and, and the water that comes into it. they can't just good push segue
0: twins are still hiring yep that's true yeah. and um yeah you know, that, that machine that machine <clears throat> Uh, You know, it's about four times as much as my car cost. (laughs) That's the proper espresso machine. It should at least be twice the three times what Mm
3: -hmm. a car is valued.
0: Oh, my goodness. Now, normally when we do a Pastor Padron Cigar Confession we have a guest on, what I like to do is ask them, what's one of your big cigar pet peeves? And being that you have such a bitchy palate. You you've <laughs> got to have some pet peeves,
5: Steve. I do have what, some pet peeves. What what's one
0: of your big cigar pet peeves? And by when I say that I mean what are what's something that you wish people would either start doing or stop doing so that they would enjoy their cigar experience?
3: I'm going to do three because there's three that's stuck <laughs> in my brain that I can't I, I, I can't, can't decide,
0: so I'll do three.
3: Okay, one, lighting the cigar properly. Mm-hmm. You have these guys that, whether they smoke a 6x60, 7x70, a Lancero, it doesn't matter. They take this big honkin' five-burner torch mm-hmm. and stick that torch close enough to burn their beard yep. to light the damn cigar. Please stop doing that. Mm. It's the perfect example. The perfect example is do you drink a hot, like screaming hot cup of coffee and take a big swig of it when you first get that coffee? Mm -hmm. No, you don't. Right. What you're doing with that, you know, 2000 plus degree torch is just completely destroying all the flavors that you're going to get on that initial burn. Mm -hmm. And it takes time for the cigar to come back Mm. to normal, come back to a normal temperature. Number two, because this has a tendency to go hand right. in hand, people smoke cigars too damn fast. Yep. Stop. Yep. Slow down. It shouldn't take you 15 minutes to smoke a Toro. Uh, Nick. It shouldn't take you 30 minutes to smoke a 6x60. I'm sorry, that's just not how this is supposed to work. Everybody wants to enjoy their cigars. Trust me, if you slow down even a little bit, you will enjoy your cigar much more because you'll actually be able to taste it. Mm. And number three, when you're finishing a cigar, let's say this cigar is, you know, cooked. Let's say it's down past the band and I'm ready to put it out. Put it in the ashtray and leave it there. (gasps) It's not Mm -hmm. a cigarette. Don't take it and smash it in the ashtray. One, it releases all sorts of nasty smells. From that tobacco because you're just destroying it. You don't want to do it. It makes everybody around you angry because they can smell a nasty, smashed out cigar. Two, the shop that you're doing it in, if you do it enough, they're probably going to have to replace that ashtray because the ashtray will be destroyed yep. within a couple months. Yep. So Don't
4: I actually want to mention a point on that, cause it's it's funny that he says it. So we got brand new stinky ashtrays for the bar, and it has, like, this bronze coating on it.
0: Which looked fantastic.
3: They looked fantastic. They did until a week
0: so later.
4: So what happens is if you crush your cigar, the heat of the flame, it burns that coating off yep. of it. So if you go to the bar and you look at every single ashtray, they look like they're all dirty because they have this big black, burned in taint inside of them and it, it looks like it every taint? ashtray is <laughs> completely dirty and it's not it's clean but it, it's just that people everyone does that they just when they're done they feel like they have to you know what I mean? why do people
0: feel like they have to do that because what, what what do people get from that
5: they just it's a it's a smoking stigma you know you put it out you don't want to start a fire it's a smoking stigma
3: yeah, but even the embers that are still in the bottom of that cigar, if you throw that into a trash can 30 minutes later, the trash can's going up in flames. Smashing it down is not going to put the cigar out. It's still burning at 1,000 degrees. It, it, don't do it, please, for the love of God.
2: <sighs> okay, I'm done. I'm done.
3: My confessions are over. Was that
5: the third or was that the second? That, that was, was the, the third. That was the third. Don't get me All going, right. Dave. Now, I want to <laughs> I, I know
0: i have a confession too you have a confession yeah. you have a confession it's Pat's confession? Pat's off confession. Of yours
4: so with the bar yes so okay. obviously a lounge is in an environment that we want people to just be able to go and relax take the time and everything but when you know there's a weight out front if you're done your cigar and you're done drinking don't sit there like don't be greedy you know some other people want to go in there and enjoy something
2: mm-hmm.
4: don't order waters unless you need it and sit there and just take up space
0: So when you're done, go, go. When you've paid your tab and everything's settled, don't just get to use it.
4: Going off of last year, I'm starting to notice it early this year is people just, they know what's going on and they just insist on sitting there and watching whatever sport games on or whatever's going on. And then there's people, you know, 10 deep at the door waiting to go in and enjoy a cigar. So it's like, you know, especially when the retail closes and they lose that space. Mm -hmm. It's just, don't be greedy. Be considerate, you know, let people go in there and enjoy those sticks. Yeah, the
0: past couple of nights, there has been a line waiting to get up to the bar after the retail area is closed at 9 o'clock. I believe it. You know, it's gotten gotten very serious. Because
4: last year, we had to do the two-hour maximum warnings when we knew we were going to rope it, and we don't want to have to do that because we don't want people to feel like they have to plan their relaxation around a two-hour period. But if that keeps happening, it's going to
0: force the hand a little bit.
2: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: All right, so nearing the end of the first half here, I'd like to talk about the differences between the five-year-old original release and the new Connecticut uh, McAuliffe. A, what did you think of both? Were they both something that you would smoke again? Is this something that you would recommend to people? And then B, which, which did you enjoy better? Which pairing did you enjoy better, the dessert wine or the tequila?
1: Well, I would absolutely recommend uh, the McAuliffe Connecticut. I think it's been uh, it was a it was a good cigar and it had some nice earthy tones, um, light sweetness, um, uh, and but that definitely has more body than your typical Connecticut. And and, and kind of like that middle of the road step up. Correct. Yeah. So I would I would say if you want something that's going to be more of like a uh, I guess call it called like a medium light, if you will. Okay. Uh, Connecticut with a little bit of that nice white pepper in the retro hail I think that's a perfect cigar however the age one was my preferred one uh, I just think it had a lot more complexity uh, mm-hmm. and with the tequila, yeah uh, just absolutely totally brought yeah. out those wonderful flavors and again like I said that retro hill which I can't I still can't stop right doing, it's, it's really amazing. really it's 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 been really really good Pat what about you
4: So, typically, I'm not really a mild cigar smoker. Like I was telling you the other night with, like, the Diamond Crowns or whatever. I I don't like spending money if I'm not getting a good body to it. So, typically, I lean towards, because I like Dominican tobacco, like Davidoffs, because of that factor. But with this Connecticut, it has a bit more body to it, and I'm actually really enjoying it. I mean, even... I'm on the back third of the old one now, and like that clove note that was mentioned, I'm getting a lot of floral cloves mm-hmm. now, and it's just like this cigar as a whole has been like an interesting experience because, you know, like when I wake up in the morning and I have a Connecticut, I'm not just doing it to wake up and have a coffee. I'm doing it because I want to enjoy the cigar. And a lot of Connecticut's on the market that I've had don't really, if you if you want to sit and think about the smoke, it doesn't reward you a whole lot. Right. This cigar, like it's really making me kind of take my time and think about it i'm retrohaling every single draw that i do and it's been rewarding me with a lot of different transitions and like refined robust flavors so i've been really really enjoying it
1: which one did you like
4: so it's tough because i, I like them both for different reasons obviously the old one i prefer just because like i speak to that complexity you're getting a lot more out of the, out of the age one but out of the box it's still it's mm. i i still have like a mild clove flavor going into the yeah. middle of this cigar yeah yep and it's if, if i we had time to smoke the whole thing through i'm sure it's going to get more refined and pronounced throughout mm. the smoke but i mean I, I both cigars just has that extra body to it and if you're like someone that likes those heavier cigars i think it's definitely something you can smoke and enjoy even though it's a connecticut
1: well you get two for the right home
4: yeah there you go
0: dave what about you
5: i concur with like what everybody else has said i do prefer the uh the age one overall Getting a lot more flavors from it, um, especially the cloves and, and uh, definitely some cedar. Um, I think the the pairing was spot on. It was fairly which, good. Which which one? The uh the original the tequila. The tequila. The tequila. Yeah. Yep. Did you
0: like the dessert wine at all?
5: I felt it muted like too much of the things that I was enjoying about it. It was a good pairing, but knowing both the pairings, I would definitely choose the tequila over it. Yeah,
4: I started getting the cloves when I paused drinking the dessert wine, which the dessert wine as a drink itself is my favorite just because I love wine and it has a really good flavor to it. Mm-hmm. But the tequila definitely, as Paul was speaking to, brought out a lot more notes out of the old cigar. And I think as a pairing perspective, the tequila definitely was spawn on the cigar.
0: With the aged one or both?
4: I say both. I think the dessert wine takes the forefront with a pairing which yeah some people like that but again like with this kind of a cigar i really want to focus on it and get those flavors out of it and the dessert wine definitely muted like the clove for instance like once I stopped drinking it that's when those floral notes started coming out yeah
0: i, I would agree i i think that tequila kind of you know set you prepared your palate in order to appreciate the cigar more and it brought out things you know that that you weren't getting as much of on the cigar by itself. The dessert wine's uh, uh, flavor profile is much more forward than the tequila. And while it, it did go and, and the sweetness did bring out, I think, some more of the woody notes in the cigars, I appreciated more of the nuances that I got with the tequila and that the retrohale, like uh, Paul has been talking about, has been stellar. Yeah. Um with the tequila so i would agree with that
4: and to your comment about the construction like in the beginning before we smoked that i always check you know if the packs even mm. beautiful pack yeah. nice silky wrapper and i haven't i've been smoking two cigars been letting one sit for a few minutes and picking it back up i haven't used my lighter once
0: neither have i
4: which is why i almost think there's some la in there for the burning but you know <laughs> but it's i haven't it's had storage to, conditions <laughs> but i haven't <laughs> had to touch it once so and,
0: no they've they've both been burning fantastically epic Yep. All right.
3: I agree with the tequila. The
0: tequila
1: accentuates a little bit
3: more. Yeah. The one thing I notice, which is my big worry with pairing a wine with this, especially a sweet wine, the acidity has a tendency to turn sour Mm -hmm. when you combine it with tobacco. Right. Because generally, a sweet wine like this will be pretty acidic. You won't necessarily notice it. The sugar balances out. Yeah. And
0: cigar smoke's more base, right? Mm -hmm. Yep.
3: It's just there's too much of that sour note kind of sweeping my palate, yeah. and just it, it's overwhelming the cigar. The tequila, once the heat dies down, it's... I'm not going to say perfect, because nothing's going to touch the penicillin mm-hmm. <laughs> and the double ahero-chisel maduro. I'm sorry, oh, yeah. Kendra. That was the most amazing pairing. I will still say it. I will continue to say this, because I don't think I'll find a better pairing. That blew it out of the water. Yeah. The end. Yeah. over.
0: Yep. All right, we're going to take a little bit of a break here. We'll be back in about six minutes, and we'll be smoking we three kings by mm-hmm. cornell and deal in the pipe don't go anywhere we'll be right back hello everybody we are back and uh, we have switched over to our pipes and we are smoking smoking yes. oh, smoking we three kings by cornell and deal it's their holiday blend for 2021 and uh, let me read to you what's on the tin <coughs> um, Mm. of this tobacco, uh, inspired by the first widely popular Christmas carol written in the U.S., 1857, We Three Kings. It alludes to the Magi who traveled to the nativity bearing exotic spices and treasures, delivering rich black Cavendish with equal measures of matured red and bright virginias and specially sourced katarini turkish leaf this magical holiday mixture delights with notes of allspice cinnamon and vanilla it's delighting me it is uh by cornell and deal it's an aromatic uh cavendish virginia orientals and uh allspice vanilla cinnamon flavoring it's a ribbon cut tobacco and uh, we're doing the same pairings with this. The what tequila? What was the name? Malagro. Reposado. Milagro Reposado Tequila. And what's you. the name of the dessert wine again? It's a Royal Takai Late Harvest,
3: I believe 2016. That's completely irrelevant, but I felt like throwing it in there anyway.
2: Takai.
0: Okay. All right. So I'm thinking the dessert wine is going to go fantastic with this. I'm thinking that the tequila is also not going to be a bad match. Um, but I would love to hear what people think when I smoke this tobacco, what I get is Christmas cookies. Mm. I get sugar cookies. I get that, you know, I get wood, I get molasses, I get spice from the Caterini. I get all spice that, you know, vanilla. I can, I can understand, but I don't really pick that out on its own. Uh, cinnamon spice. I can pick that out. Um, what do you guys think off the top of your heads?
1: So, usually I'm not a fan of aromatics. I think they're a little too mild for me. Um, I'm not a huge pipe smoker, as you know. I usually just do it on the show, and maybe once or twice here and there. But the aromatics, generally, I don't smoke. Uh, but this one here, I can pick up the vanilla. Mm-hmm. I can pick up a little bit of the allspice, the cinnamon. Um, the retrohale is very, very mild. Mm-hmm. Very, very mild. However... With the dessert wine, it has been amped up. It's ridiculous. Mm. Yes, it is, and now I na- cheated early. <laughs> now it's now this is becoming a lot more pleasurable for me. Uh, mm. i this. It's, this is like this. Should just call this a retro hill e- episode. <laughs> the you retro know? episode, <laughs> retro, yeah, retro <laughs> episode. So yeah, I mean, definitely got a lot more spice on the retro hill with the uh, with the dessert wine. Um, however, on the palate, it has kind of muted a little bit of those vanilla cinnamon notes uh For me, but right since I'm gonna be retrohaling this for the next 30 minutes, it won't matter.
0: <laughs> Pat, what about you? Yeah, I concur with Paul.
4: Before I had the drink, I was getting a lot of those. I am getting that vanilla note that they're talking about. I, I kind of thought it was caramel, but then you said vanilla, and I was like, I oh, yeah, I can get that. And yeah, it's definitely like sugar cookies though, like especially the aroma coming off oh, of the yeah. smoke, oh. which would be really nice if you're smoking at home for Christmas. It'll kind of set like that festive environment. But, mm-hmm. it's, um, with the drink, it is bringing out, like, this nice white spice in the retro hail, and prior to having the drink, it was kind of a very mild, right, it was a little bit sweet, but it wasn't too, too much body on the retro, but I am definitely getting a lot more flavor out mm. of the retro of this. It's not getting mm. that bitter wine finish.
0: No, no, same with me. Dave, what do you think?
5: Um... For me, I'm I'm totally I don't know I don't know about the uh, Christmas cookie thing. To me, it's more spicy, cakey. I don't know. I get more baking. I get more baking spice from
1: it. Oh God!
5: (laughs) Yep. New Nick agrees. And um, I haven't tried the pairing yet because I I really just love the taste of this tobacco by itself. This is probably my number one aromatic. Your liked.
0: number one aromatic. How mm-hmm. many
5: aromatics do you like? Not many. Not, not many. Not, not, not many. An aromatic number one. Probably, probably like uh, maybe five. I mean, there's Autumn Evening, and I love uh, Fortunes Morning, and I don't know. There's not much, many more after mm. that. Oh, uh, Londonberry Preserve. So I like Black Raspberry. That's about it.
3: Mm. Ice cream.
5: Ice cream. Mm.
0: What do you think, there, Stevie, Mister? Uh... Princess P palette,
3: <laughs> um, very very enjoyable. I mean, when I think Black Cavendish, I automatically think kind of that vanilla wafty kind of note. When you have somebody smoking Black Cavendish in a room, you smell vanilla. Uh, it's got a little funk to it. I'm assuming that's from the Oriental, just a touch. It's got a little bit more to it than your average kind of you know aromatic. With the Royal Takai, it's amped up. Mm-hmm. That's a it's a night and day difference. Mm. It, the I'm not gonna go into the tequila yet because I don't think that works quite as successfully. But the wine really does increase. It almost seems like it increases the body of the pipe tobacco, and gives it more oomph, mm-hmm. which is kind of nice.
2: Mm.
0: Yeah, I would agree. I think the the uh, wine really plays better with it tobacco flavors um especially with it being a kind of a more mild aromatic mm, yeah um it's not in your face no it's very enjoyable no, it's it's a very enjoyable aromatic and and the room note really does remind you of christmas cookies mm. you know that you you mentioned sugar cookies mm-hmm. uh, before the show um it's definitely right right on that right on that mark and you know i think if if you know there are there are. If you watch the um, break, um, you know I talked about pipe tobaccos that you know you might want to enjoy if you want people to continue hanging around you during the holidays, <laughs> mm-hmm. Not versus to uh, pipe tobaccos that you might want to smoke in order to get your alone time during the holidays. This was one of those. Um, that you would smoke to have people enjoy being around you the room note really is very pleasant it's very sweet and um uh, i i can see this being something that would be uh, uh, very friendly to uh, the wife or the lady friend (laughs) Um, perhaps nicole you know that uh, she would go "Hmm, maybe you don't have to go outside
1: with that paul no, I'd still have to go outside. You'd still have to go outside. I'd get a lot less
3: complaints about me smelling like smoke if it smelled more like this.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. My wife really prefers the the pipe tobacco to the cigar tobacco. Um, I think pipe tobacco just has more of a sweet smell to it, um, and I, I think that's just more um, – uh, friendly to people who are around you. Uh do you have the same experience, Dave?
5: Yep, I mean that's why I um um until this my one of my favorites was uh, like a black raspberry. I actually used to roll it into cigarettes before I quit smoking cigarettes. Uh just because you know people get in my car and be like what are you using for like, you know, this, you know, for your air freshener. I'm like I smoke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They be like, "No." But uh no, it's just uh yeah a great it's a great change mm. uh i like smoking those in the morning with a first cup of coffee when i wake up mm. It's a, uh, especially this time of year it's awesome the uh, cornell and deal did a great <clears> job <throat> this year with their holiday offering
3: if andy was here i think he would agree that this is a very enjoyable pipe. does andy smoke a pipe i honestly don't know i've never seen him smoke a pipe but i think we should convert him down
5: that shouldn't be too. I hard. think we need to get him
3: That's up not here not in spring. That's not hard for the Darth Piper. That's yes, right. you do convert. have a great
0: selection. I can convert just about have anybody. A great selection. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so, you know, Thanksgiving is over. We're we're already in the Christmas season here. I can't even believe it. Um, you know, being the pastor, you know, Advent started officially this Sunday, and. Um, I was, I was uh, bringing the message to a, a church in Haverhill this Sunday, West Church, um, and it was just really hard for me to believe that we were already in that season there. Um, and that brings up the whole thing of Christmas music. Mm. And...
5: Got my own playlist. So.
0: You know, even today, you know, I spent, you know... A, about half my day here at the hooks at location and you know we're playing Christmas music here because that's you know what we do here at twins once Black Friday comes it's Christmas music until Christmas and Christmas is over and um, I had a number of customers say you're already playing the Christmas music and I'm like what do you mean we're already playing the Christmas music we've waited <sighs> Four months past where everyone else started playing the Christmas music. Mm-hmm. I mean, how early is too early to start playing Christmas Any music? Any before Thanksgiving. Anytime before Thanksgiving is too early. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep.
3: Realistically, Home Depot, when I walked in September and they started putting up Christmas decorations, that kind of ruined it for me. Mm-hmm. And I worked retail for years, which, you know, ha- after Halloween, they start playing Christmas music. And I... Mm-hmm. I just can't do it anymore. <laughs> it, after Thanksgiving, play all the Christmas music you want. Before, uh, no. Play anything. Anything but Christmas music, please, mm. for the love of God. That's
0: number four, Okay. by the way. Yeah, That's number four, four yep. pet peeve. Number four pet peeve. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Paul?
1: Well, I think you, might, you can attest to this, Dan, because yeah. I actually was playing it a few days prior to Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. and I got hell for it. <laughs> at, you did uh, that on Linen purpose, Dairy. though. You did no, that but, just I, but, to no, tick people off. No, but off. I, will, I will admit, just to me off. When I was by myself on that Sunday prior to Thanksgiving, I actually flipped on Christmas music, and every customer that came in gave me hell. Oh,
0: the weather and I said, you know what? We have a we only have a month this year. One month. So delightful. Yeah. We're all crotchety. One, yeah. you well, you, New English our English, you
1: can't make them happy no matter what they do. What mm-hmm. what, what what season it is? You know, if it's summer, they they're complaining about the heat. If it's winter time, they're complaining about the the cold. I mean. And if you true. run
3: out of their favorite cigar, then oh, then they're really are on your
1: shit list. Yep. So I just to me there's it's totally the, true. The week leading yeah. up to Thanksgiving is fine. I, I, I look forward to it. It's only a month. You can flip the different channels. You can do Frank Sinatra Christmas. You can do mm-hmm. holiday classics. You can do what I love is nope classical Christmas music. Nope. nope. Dave. You'd you'd play which, Rush. If Rush had a, playing, a nope. Christmas album you'd be nope. playing that year round. I
5: nope, 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 Come on. Nope. I, I listen to um um Death metal instrumentals of Christmas music. Oh, God. Yep. Why am I not surprised? <laughs> if it's not at, 100, at 200 beats a minute, I don't want to listen to I it. I
3: mean, Metallica and Trans-Siberian Orchestra yeah, works right. pretty pretty
5: nice. That I could listen to all year round. And then there's this, this other band I listen to called August Burns Red, and they, do, they came out with a Christmas album called Sledden Hill. And probably about Sled 90, in Hill. Sled in Hill. Oh, oh, sled, sled in Hill. In, sledding hill. Yeah. That they, a bit uh, more. they uh ninety percent of the album is instrumental. And it's just all the old ones, like El come Emanuel, like all, all the old ones. And uh it's awesome. I can listen to that all year round, honestly. But yep. And I make a playlist and I find stuff like the Metallica stuff, and I just mush it all in and I put that's what I listen to.
3: Throw trans- trans- Trans-Siberian trans- Orchestra, tran-
0: trans- trans- Her- Al- orchestra. To the Trans-Siberian <laughs> trans- Orchestra, that followed, up followed up with
5: Death Metal Screamo. Carol right? of the Bells. Yeah. Well, they don't sing. So that's, <sighs> that's the, no, no, it's just instrumental. Don't need to scare people away. You know, It's <laughs> a little heavy. Well, scaring people away, don't scare people.
2: it's a just a little
0: heavy. Pat, do you have any opinion on this? You're young. You're you're not even thirty. I mean, do you even?
1: Not even twenty-five.
0: Not even twenty-five. Oh, Jesus, youngest guy in the Jeez. room. Jeez. I mean, I could be your father. That's what's scary. <laughs> you know? Do you even have an opinion about any of this? I Think Black Friday Pat, is when you're gonna start doing I it. I am I'm your, your father. father. Okay, so the day after, <laughs> day after Thanksgiving, I'm. No!
5: Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad it's
0: kind of a consensus. Yeah. I feel at home here. Yeah, I, it, it's just a, now, you know, the, the rationale to playing Christmas music in retail stores is that, you know, there have been a whole slew of research projects done. And people have found what studies have found is that if you are playing Christmas music, you're more likely to kill fellow shoppers will spend more money. Oh, mm-hmm. You will buy more because you're in a better mood and you're in a more generous mood. And the Christmas music does that to you. And I, I have to admit, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play the devil's advocate here. It has almost the opposite effect on me. Now, I'm willing to grant that it may be because five days a week at nine to ten hours a day, you get completely overshot with the Christmas stuff. And anything good overdone ends up being a bad thing moderation and everything right so you know maybe it's just too much of a good thing and that just drives me crazy but listening you know having grown up for instance on rudolph the red-nosed reindeer which was one of my favorite specials Mm -hmm. as a kid and hearing now that on that the opening and ending credits of rudolph are now considered a christmas classic song it, it just it boggles my mind how they can do that, smush that together. And all I see are the credits going by, either the opening credits or the closing credits. I'm not thinking about, oh, this is making me happy. I'm thinking, this is all the opening and closing credits. They've just totally missed this stuff together and made a song out of it. This is wrong.
3: What was that series of specials? Frosty, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Uh, there were like four. A Christmas or five without of them. Santa Claus. Yep.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. The Heat Miser. What was mm-hmm.
3: that? That was one? Christmas without a Santa Claus. Year without a Santa Claus. Yeah. Miser. With, a, yeah, year year Santa without. Year without a Santa Claus. yeah. Mm-hmm.
5: There were two others, I believe. There was the Peanuts. There's. Uh,
3: uh, I just had Island of Misfits. Uh, the Baby toys New Year. That.
0: There was a new. There was a the Rudolph year. new, Year's new Year's thing yep. too.
3: Yep. But what were the originals? Like you had your Rudolph. Was Island of Misfits toys one of them? That was Rudolph. Yeah, that, that was, it. was it Rudolph. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah.
5: And sure. then you you know Christmas story, I think that's a staple for me. True. My the the first movie, however, I watch every Christmas is Die Hard. Yes, Home Alone. That Home Alone everyone.
3: one and two, because all the alone. other
5: ones don't matter. Yep. Home Alone. Yep. I watch Polar o- Express. O- My son will kill me if you don't watch that. I just so. watched the most
3: dark, messed up. I wanted to say something else, but I. I didn't want to say that on, you know, live podcast. Um, oh, Christmas. I, I can't even call it a Christmas movie, but has anyone seen Fat Man?
0: I, I love the Fat Man. Man. Yep. That That's great. another one. That is, the such, fat man's coming. that is such a <laughs> twisted. It's beautiful.
3: Monstrous movie I've ever seen relating to Christmas. And Mel Gibson does a great job in that. Yeah, 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 that cool. little devil Damien of a friggin' child.
2: <laughs> mm. yeah. and
3: then you had—I uh, don't even remember who that actor that was, Slim yeah. Man or Mister Slim I'm or whatever. Coming was. for you, Fat yeah. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I watched that—the uh, oh, Night of was Black awesome. Friday. That I was, was hang- Great. I did an event Black Friday, <laughs> went back to the owner's garage. He has set up as a little smoking room, mm-hmm. and we watched that on his you know 75-inch TV or whatever it was in his garage with you know the full propane heat set up. It was like the most comfortable outdoor experience I've ever had in my life. And he put on Fat Man, and he's like, I want to know your opinion of this. And I watch it, and I felt a little bit of myself die inside watching it, but it was great, and then I forced my girlfriend to watch it yesterday, I didn't really get an opinion of I had that, our but.
5: mom watch that. You had <laughs> mom watch it? I did. You had mom? <laughs> I had mom watch that. <laughs> that to our mother? I did. I Dave.
0: She liked it. She liked
2: it. Mm. I might have to have my parents watch
3: that on Christmas. I might have to do it. I don't do know it.
0: what to say about that. Mm. You had my mom She's watch. She's growing
5: bolder in our old age, man. I'm
0: telling you. <laughs> well, she <laughs> can't <laughs> remember stuff either.
5: Maybe, yeah. Maybe that's part of it.
0: Yep. <laughs> I do think that movie addressed the changing uh, attitude about Christmas, though. Yes. You know, and I think that's what it was about. You know, Santa Claus is just totally frustrated at 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 what children have become these days. And Demons. Y- yes. Okay. Just yes. clarifying. Oh no, no, you're you're absolutely correct. Absolutely correct. Yes.
3: Don't piss off Mel Gibson, the basic, you know, yeah, the, story behind that. If only they He did. pulled it off, though. Yep. He, he pulled off oh. the,
0: the the guy who had lost his hope and he was is, trying he to get back. He
3: is a twisted soul, so it fits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it makes sense.
0: It's he kind, of, of like, kind of like the way that uh, uh, Robert Downey Jr. was able to do Tony Stark at Iron Man. Oh, yeah. And, you know, the, the, yep. the billionaire misfit who, you know ends up having a second chance at things. He I think he could totally pull that off because of where he was at the time when he yep. started Iron Man. Oh yeah. Yep. As an actor.
5: Yep. It was his totally. last chance movie.
0: Yeah, it was. And boy did he pull that off. Yeah, he it did. Saved his life.
5: Mhm. Yeah. It what, was even better when he was like I am Iron Man cuz he honestly he really was, you yeah. know. He he nailed it. Yep. What what
1: is what is your favorite Christmas movie? Die Hard. Die Hard. Dan
0: uh, I was going to say Die Hard. And I'm sticking with Die Hard. Steve.
3: Home Alone 1 and 2. It has to be those two. I apologize for not following the rules, but Home Alone 1 and 2. That?
4: Classics, I'd say a year without Santa Claus, but new that Krumpus horror movie that came out like a year ago. Was really <laughs>
3: so you're even darker than Fat Man.
0: Okay. Krumpus. Crumpus. Did you You actually watched Crumpus?
2: Yeah.
0: I I couldn't bring myself to watch Crumpus. It was good. It's like there's bad stuff, and then there's like Crumpus, and you're like, I I can't bring myself to watch. I I just I have not been able to. I might like it if I watched it. You know, like I got I got talked into into watching uh, that that. uh, I'm not a comedy guy. I'm I'm not I'm not a sitcom guy I never got into Friends I never got into you, Seinfeld you I you never still can I still can but I have no desire to whatsoever but somebody made me sit down and, and watch um Fox's what we do in the shadows I don't even know <laughs> what that is
3: I'm guessing no it was, I'm guessing it was oh, Dave God. that forced you to no sit down. no he Why got, got me going? into it oh really it.
0: what we do in the shadows is a reality show documentary oh, about four vampires living in Brooklyn. <laughs> oh that's fucked up. Oh Gimmel, sorry, that Gimmel! <laughs> No, that's that show no, is so is so hilarious. It's it's out of this world funny.
3: So I just got a couple notes from Andy. Oh, really? Actually, quite a few notes. I literally have almost an entire page of text messages. Yeah. Do Uh, they have
0: anything to do with the pipe tobacco? Yes. still talking about the scars.
3: He does enjoy a pipe. That's very nice. Andy,
0: you can come on whenever you want. We'll get rid of him, and you can come on. (laughs) That would require him coming
3: up from the nice warm, although I doubt it's warm right now, Tennessee. Um, Tennessee. He's a big Latakia fan.
0: Big Latakia fan.
3: Um, (laughs) And he also wants to try what we're smoking, so I have to bring a tin back for him. I'll be at the sales meeting in two weeks, so I'll bring that. Andy, bring your pipe.
0: We can make that happen for you, Andy. I'll bring
3: some uh, interesting pipe tobacco with we me. We can make that happen. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Yes.
4: Got to bring him 10 Russians, too.
0: Yeah, 10 Russians if he likes Latakia. Mm-hmm. I was going to
3: say I don't have enough money for those 10 plane tickets.
0: What about 10 Russians?
4: That's the joke. Yeah, that's it's the ten ju- Russians. That's no, ten plane tickets. Yeah. Oh, nah, yeah. man.
0: Oh
2: yeah,
3: well, let's, that's let's a forget. that's a dad joke if I've ever heard one, and it went right over dancing.
0: <laughs> now, does does Christmas music make you happy, or does it make you nuts, or sad, or angry, or something else? Or does it does it does does Christmas music put you in the mood?
3: If it's before Thanksgiving, it makes me want to kill people. If it's after Thanksgiving, it depends on the music. Like like what classic Christmas? Yes. The super poppy, like 2000s era Christmas that just get got overplayed and overplayed and right, overplayed. That's right. just kind of irritating. But, like, I'm a Bing Crosby. Like, I'm talking real right. classic Christmas guy. Mm-hmm. There's also an album that's fully instrumental. I can't think of what it is. My parents always play it on Christmas. It's playing on, like, repeat. Mm-hmm. And it's an album that I can listen to forever. I think it's piano specific. Um,. And it's, you know, classic Christmas carols, but done on the piano orchestral background. It was See, no, really, I could really get,
0: nice. I could get into that. Yeah. I could get, I'll, I could get into When
3: that. I figure out what it is, I'll
0: let you know what it is. All right. It. See, like, things like Wham's Last Christmas, ah. when I hear that play on the radio, I just they, want to get know. out a gun and start shooting, not people, but the speakers that oh, are yeah, playing it. Yeah. You know, I just, yeah. A, it's not a Christmas song. B, it's just dumb i mean come on why are we playing it all the freaking time
4: my pet peeve is so i love christmas music but at the end of every holiday season there's always like people that start speaking up to like what the lyrics actually mean and they mm-hmm. interpret these lyrics to be oh, like
3: jesus yeah like winter yeah. wonderland yeah. it's yeah, yeah like uh, that, the woke that's when i get woke trigger. nation, nation. Yeah. i get like, shut at up the, You're by not the end woke. of christmas i just You're get asleep. sick of it
4: because i'm sick of everyone like Oh, yeah, like, Baby, outside. baby, it's, it's cold outside. Moment. Yeah, yeah like, that yeah, the that date, was a whole the,
3: thing last year, right? The date rape. Song. And like, I never yeah. would have <laughs> thought of that song
4: being weird until someone said it to me, and I'm like, never got me up. any.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: now, see, I've, I've I've never really cared for the "It's Cold Outside" song.
3: Who who did that? I honestly don't even remember.
0: It, so many people have done it. It's, well, the, like, the, it's 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 such a big duet song. Yeah, it's been done over and over and over. But I, it's just like, look, either stay or go. Quit singing to each other and just, just get over. <laughs> it. And it does. It, it, it and and well, you know, in the '50s and '60s, no one would have ever thought that's a about. No, it. no. It, it's all about staying and enjoying company but in today's society
1: everyone's so well, sensitive everybody
0: you know it just mm-hmm. you, you can't help but think because why your minds are dirty and disgusting, and they just go there. Thank that, you, Pornhub. You know, <laughs> I really can't stay. Oh, come on, baby. Let's have another drink. I'll pour you one right here, and we'll just stay. In. It's cold outside, baby. Come on. Okay. I'll stay for another one, maybe. Give me a cigarette. I know. know? Like, come on. You know what's going on. It's just bad. I mean, it's just, it's horrible. But it's because of our... You know, things have things have changed Mm where that song is just not appreciated for what it was. But uh, I just I can't I can't stand it.
1: Well, the best version of that song is the end theme to Elf. (laughs) So so the I forget her name. She was in the in the movie, but and there was another guy who played uh, Mm. the uh, snowman Mm -hmm. in that movie too, or at least the voice of that. And uh, that's to me that's the best version. You hear that every once in a while. I can't
3: get into that movie. You do like Elf? I'm not a fan of Elf. Oh, yeah, and I, I, I get like ridiculed it. every year for it. And hey, I, I, is,
1: I, I don't I like, I like Elf it.
0: either. I, I'm I'm just, I, like... I am not a Will Ferrell guy. Okay, Will Ferrell Wedding Crashers? No, I'm, I'm not a, fan. a Will Ferrell that. guy. <laughs> That's awesome. Will Ferrell is Step like Brothers? one of the most mm-hmm. overrated comedians as far as I'm concerned.
1: But
3: oh. I, Elf, elf <laughs> just didn't... It, it's too stupid goofy. Like, it's not... That's
1: all that's, he but, does is that, stupid goofy. Yeah. But, but it, that's ultimately what it is. Yeah. It's just a fun, goofy movie, you know.
0: And, you know. Um,
3: I got another mention for favorite uh, Christmas movie. So
0: I Married an Axe Murderer?
1: No. That was no. awesome. Uh, that was no. awesome. That's Christmas? No. that's No, Christmas. not Christmas. Oh, but another good a, movie? That's Saturday
0: Night Live, you know, a guy who goes and does a movie. You know, Mike Myers. Mike Myers. That I was know. That was funny. Okay. Is it Christmas music? A- absolutely not. Yeah. But he was fantastic in that. I, his humor, I totally, totally
5: get. Yeah, baby. I'm yeah,
3: more I of a know. In Living Color guy as opposed to an in SNL guy. Mm. I go, I, I can't go back to, to, anymore, to James Carey.
0: See, I've never found James Carey to be that funny.
3: Watch In Living Color.
0: I've seen some of In Living
3: Color. You need to watch all. And of them. I, you know,
0: I like the, You know what my favorite In Living Color skit yeah. was? You're credits? going to laugh because Pastor <laughs> Padrone should not find this very Call funny. Call me the clown? No. <laughs> that was so the crazy. handicap.
2: <laughs>
3: I think that was season Never two.
0: underestimate the power of the handicap. <laughs> I'll never forget that as long as I live. That was freaking hilarious. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, and they you have can't to... talk about that anymore because nope. you get, you know, we get blacked out. Nope, YouTube would shut us down. Yep, can't talk it about would, it.
3: it. It would be game over. Yep, monetization out the window. Oh wait, we're already talking about tobacco. Never mind. Mm.
0: <laughs>
5: Stephen Stephen <laughs> Lynch. Stephen Lynch. Special ed. Yeah, great song. <laughs> okay.
0: Now. um are you ready for a would-you-rather question tonight?
3: Would you rather? Yes. Here we go. I'm terrified, but
0: yes. Okay. This is a more serious question than okay. I normally ask. And, uh, that, and we'll start with you, Steve, because I like terrorizing the guests. Of course. Um, would you rather accept help or just take care of things on your own?
3: Uh, everyone yeah, that has ever loaded. met me knows the answer to this question, and it's 99.99% of the time take care of things myself.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm not surprised. Why, why that? Because why don't you let people help you? I'm neurotic. Why don't you let people help you?
3: I'm neurotic. I overthink things. Mm-hmm. I plan things to be done the way I think they should be done, and yes. I do them that way.
5: And then you do them that way. And I do them that way.
0: Dave, are you much? Would you rather accept help, or take care of things
5: on your own? I'd rather take care of things on my own, cause just cause on my own. On your own. I I feel like you know that I learn whatever I'm doing better. And I like the experience.
0: You like the experience, yeah, of taking care of yourself, of doing things
5: by myself. Of
0: doing things by yourself. Yeah.
5: Paul. Oh, an introvert. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Stay away. Well, um, I'm <laughs> 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 Yes, we all know Paul's
1: answer. I'm just
0: being nice by yeah. letting
1: him state it. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of a control freak <laughs> with, with certain things, specifically <laughs> projects and stuff like that, or doing things around the house. I don't I don't need anyone's help. I'll do it myself. <laughs> because and I'll tell you why, because Get away! the few times I've actually accepted help it was it, how do I put this? It wasn't done to the level that would be acceptable to me. So people people disappoint you. People disappoint. People disappoint. They you. don't live up to your. They don't live up, up to my well. standards. Correct. Hmm. And
0: that's why when you know I said I'm gonna go spend most of the day at London at at uh London like, Oh, thank God. <laughs> No, Dan. I'll, I'll leave it take there. Take care of things by myself. <laughs> Joel, yeah. Scott needs you. Yeah. And then I he cranked up the Christmas I certainly music. don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then turn get it up. Out. seven. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, Pat, what about yourself? Would you rather do things by yourself, or do you accept help?
4: It depends on what I'm doing. If it's someone that like I'm being relied on to do by somebody else, if I need help, I'll get it. But mm-hmm. if it's something of my own doing, I'd rather no one help me
0: if it's something of your own doing what is that what what does that mean what does what's that an example mean, of something very round about
4: like one of my big hobbies would be like legos for instance like when mm-hmm. i was younger i'd have issues doing the lego set like my dad would want to help me with it and younger i wonder
0: when you were like 12 i mean you're like what I well, was <laughs> like, I'm gonna like yesterday. mentioning
4: your old age dan but, ooh.
0: <laughs> but um you mean my experience
4: yeah, you can
0: call it that. But uh, but yeah,
4: it, it's if someone tried helping me do it, even if I screwed it up myself, I just no one touches my Legos, you know. <laughs> Lego hey,
0: my ego. Please. Make sure you get that for the soundboard. Mm-hmm. No one touches Hands my Legos. Mm. <laughs> he
3: fabricated a shiv out of Legos just in case.
5: Mm-hmm. Yep, ten blocks long.
0: All right, um. I, you know, it, it depends for me, too. You know, I, I, I like accepting help because I think people, That's it's a way for people to, uh, people want to help you out. And I think, you know, constantly doing things yourself is a way to, you know, ends up isolating you, I think, from mm. people.
5: Amen. And,
0: um, <laughs> you know, but there is a part of me that totally agrees with Paul that, you know, I, I have this idea in my head of where I want things to be and how I want things to look. And if that help can't get me at least most of the way there, then you know, I can I can struggle with that. So I, I can appreciate what Paul's saying, but I think maybe I'd end up siding with that like I like letting people help me. If they do it, your man way. is not an island. Yeah, if they do it my way, it's great. You it can help me all you want, you know. Um, what's the final verdict here on the uh, We Three Kings and uh, the pairings? Which did you like better, better the tequila or the dessert wine?
5: Well, I haven't touched my tequila. The dessert wine is just phenomenally better. That says something, um, right yeah. there. It just brings out, brings out everything I'm looking for in an aromatic. The, I even think it helps the drink taste better. Like I, I get this yep. warmer yep. feel in my mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's sweeter. Uh, it's just great.
0: What about you, Steve?
5: I agree. Um, Steve. The, te- the
3: tequila really doesn't work all that well. It's a little too hot. Um, it's a little too green. I guess if you, it kind of brings out the green nature of agave. Mm-hmm. Um, with that pipe tobacco blend, the I completely forgot what we actually paired with that. The Royal Takai <laughs> works very, very well. This is the story of every podcast I've ever been on with not just blowing smoke. I it it turns into an interesting remember. night. Uh, the Royal Takai really, really worked well. It amplified, you know, you had kind of the tug and pull. You had the amplification of the flavors out of the pipe tobacco, mm-hmm. and it really kind of amplified the dessert wine as well. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it, yeah. it plays really, really nicely with the each dessert other.
0: Wine each was other up. My clear favorite, too. Paul.
1: Well, yeah, The dessert wine was all I had to and uh, I'm glad because I, I've, I've had <laughs> I'm done with the tequila I am. Uh, I've had this before I've had the uh, We Three Kings and I'll be honest with you, I, it wasn't my favorite tobacco it was too mild for me um, the, the subtle flavors were there but it, it, again it was a little muted, the retrohale really didn't have much at all but the dessert wine helped to bring that retrohale back to Acceptable standards for me,
0: and really, and really, kind of enhanced the flavor too. Yeah, did. I did. Mean, it, it really, it, it... really kind of made it a much more enjoyable. Yeah, it
1: really did. Yeah, so I, I...
0: than it on its own, yeah. I totally agree with that. Yeah. Bat, what about you? You exactly the opposite. No,
2: I
4: agree with Paul. The um pipe tobacco <laughs> on like the second half of the bowl, it got like a lot more of like a. Baking spicy spice. palate <laughs> flavor <A> spicy baking <laughs> sense and then a the and the Netflix. drink definitely enhanced the retro hail, but yeah the second half of the bowl got like a lot more spicy which i wasn't expecting and i don't know if i like it or not but
0: it wasn't my favorite what? aromatic but not your f- oh, okay the pipe tobacco was not your favorite would you smoke it again on christmas On Christmas. Christmas. I mean, isn't it true, though, right? This is a tobacco that you'd smoke if you wanted other people to enjoy what you are
1: smoking. Yeah, the room note's really nice. The room note is fantastic. And the tin note was really nice. Yeah, Mm -hmm. It's the
3: Christmas music of pipe tobacco. You whip it out at Christmas, and then you hide it for the rest
0: of the year. Thank God, yes. (laughs) Yes. All right. Um, We're nearing the end of our episode here, but let me tell you what's uh, going on next week. Next week, we're going to be doing our annual short cigars episode, and we're going to be reviewing two short cigars, the Don Papine Blue Sparky. Ooh,
2: Sparky. And
0: the Oliva Siri V. Milanio 4x60. They did Basically a, a box-pressed Nub, yep. nub Milanio. Oh, yes. that's twisted. And um, we're also going to be smoking Wait, for DC our pipe to tobacco um cornell and deal's house reserve their 2021 release which is a great virginia blend stoved and unstoved virginia's it should be a very good show next week and i hope you plan on joining us and people that's not just blowing smoke we'll see you next
2: week thank you thank you
0: you've been listening to not just blowing smoke the podcast that brings the wealth of knowledge, expertise, and fun of Twins Smoke Shop, New England's premier smoke shop, right to you, wherever you are, whenever you want it. You can find us at our website, notjustblowingsmoke.com and keep in touch with us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram at NotJustBlowingSmoke. Thanks for listening, everybody. And that is Not Just Blowing Smoke.
2: Rolling with the top-down smoke
0: i uh-huh.